Welcome to It's a Gundam, the internet's best and only episode-by-episode Gundam Seed podcast. I almost forgot how we started this podcast, but I didn't. My name is Jeremy. I'm Tyler. What's the show again? It's the one where we talk about Kira. Okay, my name is Zach. Yeah, and how he writes those names in his book, and then the people die. Ah, yes, yes, yes. I I know which one this is. You know, I really, really liked Death Note when it came out, and I cannot for the life of me remember the name of Misa Mane. Is that his sidekick? I can't either. Yeah. She's, she's the, no Lacus Klein, I'll tell yeah. you that. The best part about Death Note was L and Light. Well, I mean, clearly. And they're uh, standing on symbolic pillars and glaring at one another. But, like, but Light... his pop star girlfriend is important to that dynamic. Yeah, it is. Because he manipulates her in all sorts of interesting ways, and then Ryuk is also manipulating people, and like it's... Ah, man, that's a great show. Just great. Up to, the point, uh, up to the point when L dies. Yeah, and that's where the show ends. Light becomes maniacal dictator over Earth, and it's great. Oh, okay, so we did see the same show. Yeah. Except in the musical, where for some weird reason they have Ryuk just kill Light then. Yeah, because Ryuk gets bored. He thinks nothing interesting is going to happen. That's actually a a bunch of the Death Note movies have them both die at the end. Yeah, but usually L does something so that they both die at the end. As opposed to Ryuk just saying, eh, screw it. (laughs) And then nothing else happened, so you're dead. Uh, anyway, this is not a podcast about Death Note. <laughs> but maybe it should be. <laughs> no, it shouldn't. It's about Gundam Seed, and we're getting to the best part, almost. Next episode is legit my favorite episode. Not a hoax, not an imaginary story. <laughs> it is I, my favorite. I constantly think this episode and the next episode are the same one, for whatever reason. Really, my favorite is these as a two-parter, because the ending of this episode with the music flaring up and like just showing you what's going on is real good, and it sets up the tension perfectly for the next episode to cut it down but we gotta get through this one first and i'm fine with that because this is also one of my favorite episodes we get like peak kira for me (laughs) yeah this one's actually really good so if for some reason you're joining us now why mad at you (laughs) go back to episode one start from there Maybe maybe start with episode 12, you know. The guys on Sailor Business have been arguing about whether they want new listeners to start at the beginning or not recently. Well, it's I, mostly to understand what's going on. I, I like the Jake Mason approach of just being like, if you're new here, hey, welcome to the show. What's up? <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> Looking good. Just flirt with the new listeners. And I think that's a getaway. You know, maybe go back a few. Build, build some rapport. Yeah, like 40. Build a bill of propinquity. What episode is this, anyway? 34, according to the HD remake. Okay, so go back 40 episodes, you're on episode negative 6, and watch uh, 08th MS Team. Yeah, what what came out immediately preceding this? Uh, I think Turn Again them. Uh, Turn A never actually got to the States until very recently. No. No, I don't know what it would have been, have been immediately before it in the States. Maybe Zeta Gundam. You sure? Maybe. I'm not sure. Maybe Stardust Memory? Mm. It had been a while. guys. No, there was Gundam definitely there's le- definitely at least G between this and Wing. Yeah, G Gundam actually and comes the out original in, the, series. in the states after Wing Gundam. Huh. And and yeah, after, I guess I knew that. And after the original series. Well, yeah, that that makes sense. All right, uh, but if you are new here, Gundam Seed is about Kira Yamato. He's a mopey boy. He <laughs> takes after my own heart. He's also a Superman, part of a group of people called the Coordinators, 
who were genetically engineered to be awesome and then banished to space. <laughs> They're at war with the naturals, which are basically just religious zealots who hate cool people. <laughs> really? That's what that that's why they're huh. For whatever reason, I always thought they all worked in football teams. No, nope. They're also on basketball teams and hockey teams and And war uh, teams. Okay. Otherwise known as armies. Anyway, Kira Yamato, even though he's a cool space coordinator, ended up accidentally joining the Earth Alliance military to pilot their sweet robot because normal people can't pilot cool robots. Even though they made the cool robots. You know, space coordinator sounds like a weirdly like pretentious title for an interior decorator. <laughs> Hello, I'm a space coordinator. Huh? No, that's what you call yourself if you're a feng shui expert, but don't actually have any idea what you're doing. <laughs> There's also Mulaflaga. He's the best dad uncle. He is a... <laughs> commander in the earth alliance military who tried to teach kira to be a cool guy but he was his moping was too strong <laughs> so instead Moo just puts on his hat at a jaunty angle and wanders off into the sunset there's also flay ulster kira's kind of girlfriend who is trying to manipulate him into killing all the coordinators and lacus klein this cool new girl who is his best friend atherin's fiance who's trying to manipulate him into killing all the coordinators atherin obviously who is kira's true love interest Yes, but Kira killed Atherin's only friend, Nickel, and Kira killed Atherin's only friend, Nickel, again, because I had on a <laughs> And Atherin killed Kira's friend, Guy Tall, and so they tried to murder each other. Atherin succeeded, but not well enough. <laughs> Kira respawned in space, where he's hanging out with Lacus. Meanwhile, all his friends are hanging out in Alaska, which is not Jabiro, but is Earth Alliance headquarters. It's Josh A., Jo they pronounce it Joshua, Joshua in the dub. Oh, there's also Atherin's dad, who's the new evil president. Of oh, the yeah, South. I forgot about him. He's <laughs> he's coordinated Operation Isn't Sp his name like Phil? Patrick. Patrick Zala. Because he's like the one guy with a with like a normal, everyday name where everyone else... Oh, Lacus, Kigali, Kira, Pat. I just realized what? Atherin is Irish. Huh? Yep, that's he, true. He's the son of Patrick. Yeah, Atherin. <laughs> But Zala's not an Irish name. No. No, it's not. I... <laughs> Whatever Patrick is, it's not. it does not match Zala. He so maybe so he's Irish on his grandmother's side? No, you know what it was? Patrick Zala changed his name because O'Sullivan didn't sound quite as good as an evil dictator. <laughs> I was actually going to say, uh, in my headcanon, is that these coordinators end up founding all the space colonies that are named Neo-whatevers, and Z the Zala clan found Neo-Ireland one day. <laughs> also, there's Izaki, he's just kind of a jerk. He's also very Sundari. And, and a war criminal. Am I forgetting anyone? I feel like I'm forgetting someone. I feel like you're forgetting a lot of people. Because but... he sucks, we don't care. Kigali. Yeah, Diarka's oh, not in this episode. Kigali's over there. So is Diarka. Yeah, I'm trying to think about the... I mean, like... Uh, Miri. Maru. Maru. Yeah, Maru is the captain of the Archangel. She's, she's in this episode. She's cool mom, but she's bad at it. Yeah, so Zatarl is your mean aunt. <laughs> and she's also... She's good at it, actually. <laughs> No, I was going to leave out Millie and Diarca because they're not even in the episode. They're mentioned. Because he is in this episode, but Millie <laughs> and Diarca aren't. And it's one of my favorites. I don't know what that says about me. Psy. Oh, yeah, there's Psy. That's what he's been doing a lot of lately. Captain Sigh. Beardy. Captain Beardy is not in this episode. Yeah, no, Kira has Raul a flashback. Crusade. That's who I forgot. Raul Crusay. He's a Char. Also, I'm pretty sure he's a clone of Moo. I'm not sure on the, about that. What? Miss what you said because I was. I'm pretty too sure busy. Raul Crusade is a clone of Moo, which is why they have a sense for each other. Ah, and okay. also the same glorious flowing blonde hair. Okay, I just couldn't hear you over the fact of me trying to hack up a lung. That's why Raul wears a mask, is because he can't stand people knowing that he could be as pretty as Moo Flaga were it not for the accident. And that's everybody. And Zaft is getting ready to attack Panama because it's where the last uh, 
station the Earth Alliance has that shoots stuff into spaces. As part of Operation Spit Break. Which is a really weird name I for I think they operation. just chose two random names out of the dictionary. No, I think they chose two words that sounded cool in Japanese and English. All right, so that's where we are. Obviously, now you're all caught up. If you feel like you need more details, you can always go back. No, there are no more details. That was everything that's happened in 34 episodes so far. Especially Sexy Rambo Roll. Yeah, we, we didn't even talk about Sexy Rambo Roll. Sexy Rambo Roll is amazing. Kira killed him in cold blood. I don't know, cold. I think it was pretty hot blood. No, it was cold the blood. No, that was a pretty hot blooded fight. No, cold blood. He was pre-calculated, he just walked up behind him and stabbed him in the chest through the giant fighting robot. It was and they also a- had hot coffee. <laughs> yes, they did. Uh, I'm too much of a gamer. Plus, we didn't mention the best character, DaCosta. Oh, yeah. DaCosta. Right. He's clearly the savior of the universe. DaCosta's the secret main character. So, if you want to watch along with us, as we said earlier, it is episode 34, or uh, 32 if you're watching the newly numbered version. It's available on Hulu and Crunchyroll. The episode Isn't is- Isn't it also on YouTube right not now? Not anymore. They took it off. Again? Yep. Oh, they put See Destiny back. Yay. In case you got through all of Seed in that time. It's episode 32, Seen and Unseen. Yeah, you should check it out. Like I said, it's actually one of my favorites. You know, we're trying to list off characters before we actually start- and we've talked about this before, but man, the show is a huge cast. Yes, it's very efficient with its characters. That's all I had to say, is I, I just had an epiphany about how large... So we don't is. get a last time. We've been getting lots of last time ons lately. Here we start, not exactly in the action, but with Raul Crusade telling good old Pat that all forces are in place for Operation Spirit Break. We then cut to Casa de Lacus, <laughs> where Kira, La Casa. Is, Kira is moping and staring at that lake we talked about for probably too long last episode. It is a very nice lake. Well, and there's not a sailboat on it this time, though. Yet. Lacus comes up and tells them it's scheduled to rain soon and that they should have some tea. She's got a nice wide smile. Clearly, her boyfriend is not around enough, and she's happy to have the chance <laughs> to hang out with a guy. Okay, due to subtitles, she asks him, you know, would, would you like to come in for tea? And one of the horrors, I only know this because of the fact that I've seen this before, I won't accept that. And so that's just the only line across the bottom of the screen. <laughs> Yeah, the horrors are really antagonistic to Lackis developing any relationships w- with people. Well, that's they were all they built were... by Athern, remember? I know, it makes sense. <laughs> Clearly, they were there to protect his claim. Uh, speaking of Athern, we then cut to him walking out past uh, Sundere Izak, watching a very nice sunset. Izak is all like, I'll be in command soon. I, I chose can... to interpret this entirely euphemistically this entire time. And Athern just agrees to sex, is what happens here. <laughs> On bottom? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Because he's actually going to be in command soon. <laughs> anyway, Atherin tries to be the bigger man at him, offering a handshake with his one good hand since the other one's still in a sling. Isaac accepts it, and then, as Tyler said, he says next time it'll be his turn to be in command. Wink, wink. So Atherin shouldn't die until then. Oh yeah, this translation makes it even more. <laughs> <laughs> so then Atherin gives a very flirty smile, and we go to the <laughs> opening sequence. There's not much more to say about this. We yeah. finally get the Freedom Gundam this episode. This opening is only like 12 episodes too soon. Yeah, I was going to ask, how how close are we are the, to we're these three new Gundams? About five episodes? Maybe not that many? Look at all the people who are going to die. Some of them live. I, I assume Kira. Hmm. I'm really sure that Rao and Moo are clones of each other. Oh, Although, you know, I was trying to... keep using doggy collar, Lacus. <laughs> I don't like that outfit. Like, I... The collar is just terrible. I, I, I kind of like Mom Lacus that we have now. I, I, I didn't really make the connection, but that other one is like uh, Cone of Shame Lacus. Yeah, Cone of Shame Lacus. I'm pretty sure I said that before. You, you might have, and I missed it. So when the opening sequence ends, we cut to a bunch of 
crew assembled outside the Archangel. Looking very bored. <laughs> well, Natarl drags Flay out, who's yeah. making a scene. I love how um in this scene, Moo is wearing his cap. His full it's, uniform. It's like at a weird angle. It's not like... It's on... not actually on his head properly, and it's definitely it's at a jaunty angle. That's because Moo maximizes for moxie, and jaunty caps increase your moxiness. Well... Even when he's in full uniform, he's still not in full uniform. <laughs> it's yeah, he's, he's kind of the slacker. Anyway, Flay is making a scene, and Maru says, hey, there's nothing I can do about it. I'm sorry. If you really want, you can always object to the personnel office, which Nataro shoots down right away, as that would never work. Well, yeah, I mean, but that's, again, uh, Maru, not the very strict one, Nataro, the very uptight one. But we get a very nice scene between Maru and Nataro, the last one, actually, I believe, where... Spoilers. They're being, you know, very kind to each other. And Maru even goes like, I hope we can meet again somewhere other than the battlefield. And the Tarl's like, yeah, yeah, I guess we probably could when the war is over. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then she goes back to dragging Flay. And then this is, I love this scene because Flay's like, sigh. And Sai's like, Flay. And Birdie's like, Birdie. <laughs> <laughs> and Sai gets like one last sigh in uh, as Flay walks away. And then we get Maru being like, hey, maybe I'll go talk to the personnel office. What did I say? You said Maru. Oh, well, same person. But now Maru is the one who's like, yeah, that's not going to work. And then we get some exposition. And and he sounds really depressed about having to go be an instructor at basically, I think, Space Top Gun? (laughs) Yes. Yeah, in California. Yep. He's going to the danger zone. I think that's the idea. Yes. And Maru's like, hey, with you teaching, maybe the noobs don't die so often. Which I think was the wrong thing to say to him right then. I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty sure Kira brought that average up, though. Well, yeah, and then Toll brought it right back down. And <laughs> okay, also Kigali. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Kigali didn't die. That's Kigali true. was never technically enlisted. <laughs> both are true. <laughs> yep, that those are both technicalities. Good job, Zach. Hey, it's what you I'm got, good at. You got me. Maru tries to encourage him to go, and he gets emotional. He rips off his cap in rage. He now has to refine the maximum jaunty angle, and I don't think he achieves it for the entire rest of the episode. Well, he gets it on right. That's the problem. He gets it on emo. He's like, (laughs) Kira taught me this move. (laughs) (laughs) May he rest in peace. Anyway, Maru looks like she's about to break down. Maru looks very serious and upset as they salute each other. He gives Sai a nice uncle-y pat. That sounded way more perverse than it is. (laughs) And salutes everybody on his way out, like the good officer that he is. Leaving poor Maru in tears. Then we cut to construction site. And Bulls! And mysterious voices are like, I'm sure everything will go just as planned. I bought these potato chips to go with the Death Note reference from earlier <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> we then cut back to the Archangel, where they're getting instructions that say they're temporarily going to be assigned to the 8th Escort Fleet which, of the Alaska Defense Forces. Which is an inter-atmosphere force, and they're like, why are we doing that? This is a spaceship. The story they're told is basically, this is just until we figure out what to do with you, because you got to hang around while we deal with this Panama situation. And we don't currently have a space fleet because it got blowed up. Yeah, thanks for that, guys, by the way. <laughs> no, passive-aggressive episode was last time. <laughs> Maru's like, hey, wait. And they're like, what, do you have a complaint? And she's like, no, but like, we have this prisoner no one's telling us what to do with, and because he really wants to leave. <laughs> <laughs> we have people who have leave available. Like, He's like, yeah, but Panama, bro. 
Yeah, to be fair, that wouldn't actually be a great time for people to start taking leave right as you're about to experience a huge military strike. Uh, but not here. Yeah, that's true. But maybe you might need all hands on deck. You don't know. But then send them to Panama. Yeah, eventually. They're not being sent to Panama. They're just being given orders to chill out. Chillax, bro. You know, a bored army is the worst thing you could possibly have. And they're going to get there soon. So then we cut back to Casa de Lacus in the rain. For maximum, I don't know, effect. They're having tea with uh, the Reverend. Reverend's <laughs> supposed to be important. <laughs> well, Kira's having tea. Lacus is hanging out on the floor. I assume she already drank all the tea. She's playing with the Haros. So Lacus asks if Kira likes the raid, and Kira gives, like, the response that makes him my favorite character, where he talks... Oh, no, that's not yet. Okay, I'll talk about that later. He just kind of stares off to space after saying, I think it's strange. It's rain, dude. It's not strange. It's rain. I think it was considering the circumstances. Yeah, yeah, actually it is here. We just cut to Atherin, who's, like, obviously having very similar mental feelings, where he looks at his cool new award, and Kira goes... Like, I was thinking, what am I doing here? Like, is it okay for me to be here? And, like, Lacus's response is, yeah, as far as I'm concerned, you can be here as long as you want. Which but is this, not what he's going yeah, for. Yeah, this right? Kira who is not comfortable, like, not doing his job, who's, like, gone to heaven and gets to be relaxed and peaceful, can't deal with it. And I have never empathized with a fictional character more <laughs> in because my life. he's not actually, he's got people who are counting on him. Well, he's got to go to work. Like, he can't be taking this vacation. I love it so much. This is, like, how I feel anytime I've, like, when I graduated college or after I took care of my grandparents for a bit. Like, between chapters of my life, this is just always exactly how I feel. Or anytime I know, like, my dad's working on something or someone's doing something I can help with, I just get this exact restlessness. And yep. Like, huh. there's this super pretty girl who's like, hey, why don't you hang out with me? Wink, wink. And he can't do it. And, like, again, <laughs> I have never, like... This is basically heaven for him, right? He's It's literally in space. It's got <laughs> controlled weather. He's got this really pretty lake to look at. He's got the prettiest girl who's also, like, friends with his best friend. But, like, he can't deal with it. It just is exactly the way my depression manifests. <laughs> I've never had that problem. Yeah, I, well, I have that problem a lot. You're lucky, Zach. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Consider yourself lucky. <laughs> if I'm on, if I'm not going to work, I'm like, I'm not going to work. Well, that means when the pretty girl says you can stay as long as you want, you get to have fun instead of <laughs> like just not being into it and like staring wistfully at the rain while she tries to get your attention. I'll keep my eyes open for it. Anyway, the Reverend now decides to say, "Yeah, no, it'll be fine because title drop." And I really kind of wonder if. At some point in the script, he was supposed to say something about God or something, since he's a religious character, and they just changed it because they didn't want, like, his personal characters. I could have actually few points seen to it. seem like a statement from the people who don't really know about Christianity who are writing this. I could have actually seen a cult coming up around the finding about the biological seed that was mentioned a while back. Like, they kind of hint at that with Erica Simmons, but, like... This guy who just comes up and like, no, you're seed people. You're cool. You're like titled. It just feels really title droppy to me. Oh, yeah. Well, so I've I've decided that the seed actually refers to a line of this illicit alien offspring that George What's-His-Face, the first of the coordinators, propagated while he was out in space, who eventually came back and mingled in with the human population. Cool theory, bro. I'm I'm pretty sure there's a lot of supporting evidence for the show. I just need to rewatch all of it together. Head cannon. Have Look, fun with that. There are aliens in Gundam Double O. Oh, like actual aliens? Yes. In the movie. But they're like, it's actually been praised a lot for its weird depiction of aliens. They're like this machine metal beings. Cool. But, yeah, I have not actually seen it. But anyway, he's like, yeah, title drop. And Lack is like, see, everything will be great. 
And Kira, Kira just gives her this horrified. look of, what the hell are you talking about? I just love his expression there because it's that same thing that I've thought every time a character says something and it's like, yeah, see, it's fine. And I'm like, the fuck are you on about? This doesn't make any sense. We get some Athrangst on the plane as he, the plane to space as he gets ready to take off. And, and then, then it cuts to an armada and it's great. <laughs> yeah, we cut to the assembled Zaft forces getting ready to launch Operation Spitbrick. We see, like, the, uh, I was going to call them Zakus, the gins loading up in their, like, little drop pods. We saw in the first episode, we see a whole bunch of people looking at computer screens ready to go. We see Patrick Zala looking very Magneto. That is still one, like, they're, what are they called? The the troop transports are still one of the most awkwardly looking things. It's like a fat goose. Yeah. Based on the DOP fighter plane from the original Mobile Suit Gundam, but I don't know why you base a transport plane on a fighter plane. We see some dins taken off. And the ground troops waving them on. Because this show is a little nuanced. And the evil faction is led to have people who are excited. But yeah, we see submarines. We see, like, the desert carriers. The show has actually been making me think less and less that Zaft is the evil faction the past couple of episodes as we get to see the uh, Federation High Command. I've never actually thought of Zaft as being the evil guys in this. It's kind of a just a conflict between two differing ideologies. Neither side is really good or evil. I kind of saw them that way the first time I watched it, but it was definitely just the influence of the original Gundam coming in. They are very nuanced, which is nice. Yeah, although, Especially because we see a lot of it with Atherin. I feel like they have warmongers on both sides. Yeah, well, I've seen, I've seen a couple of people who I thought individually were terrible people, like Izak and Rao on the bad guy's side. We just haven't really gotten Isaac's to the point. Izak's a great guy. Where we start seeing He's him on the Gary. Earth Federation. Yeah, a great guy who's a war criminal. Did I mention that already? What did he do? He killed that he shot down a shuttle. civilian shuttle. Oh, no. Uh, the Geneva Conventions didn't happen in this universe. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Izak, we cut to him getting ready in his mobile suit. We get Rao looking serious on a submarine. And then... Patrick Zala stands up, and he's no uh, Girin from the original series, but it gives a pretty good speech about bringing true freedom and justice to the world. And by that we mean us controlled freedom and justice. And says, Operation Spitbrick, go! <laughs> and they send out the orders, and surprise, they're not attacking Panama, they're attacking Joshua, Alaska. What? And even the Zaft troops are like, what? <laughs> so how did this twist work for you, Tyler? Um, I fully saw it coming, frankly. Uh, but that's because Rao is that sort of bastard, and the show wouldn't have a whole lot of dramatic tension otherwise, I think. Well, I mean, conflict in this seems to just follow the Archangel, exactly. so of course it's going to be after the Archangel. Yeah, like, it, it was a little bit of a twist. I was mildly <laughs> surprised, but, like, it didn't blindside me. This is supposed to be like a brilliant tactical move on Patrick Zala's part, and Izak kind of plays that up, but it kind of has a show-don't-tell problem of, we've been seeing them gather forces in Panama in the background for a long time now, but like we don't really see like the position Zaft has gathered that lets them do this fork attack. I imagine in space is the answer to that question. But, but if that's the point of it is, then the Earth Alliance are really dumb for not realizing they could be attacking both targets. Literally anywhere? Except for the fact that well, they are... There is stuff coming up that does make it all make sense, but it just seems like it's kind of not the best plan. No, it's, it's certainly not the kind of plan that a lot that Izak is making it out to sound. The reasons it works make sense in universe, but it doesn't seem like a brilliant plan. Just a sound plan. Glacus's dad comes in and is like, yeah, whatever we were talking about, it's not possible. They're not letting anyone fly to Earth right now. Without a tie on. <laughs> this is the most casual we've ever seen him. Well, he's not president anymore. And they're like, hey, hey, Seagull, your mistress, Canaver, called. He's like, she's not my mistress. My wife is dead. (laughs) (laughs) 
And, and she's like, Siegel Klein, I'm full naming you because we were in an important situation. Patrick lied about the target. It's not Panama. They're going after Alaska. And like, I love Kira's reaction. I have not had this experience where I've been so shocked by something. I've dropped my teacup. Tea has come spilling out. It is shattered into a million pieces and broken the saucer beneath. That's worthy of Death Note. But it's very effective visual shorthand for his, like, you get what's going through his head all at once. I don't understand why Klein is, like, the, the woman and Klein are so offended. I was thinking about that. I think it's, like, the equivalent of if, like, someone was going to attack a military base and change their target to Washington, D.C. at the last moment. Yeah, pretty much. Like, they, and these two specifically were arguing basically to, like, stop war altogether. So the fact that they're going this aggressive, I think, is, like, an outrage to them. And we've seen a lot of the politicking. Zala had to have Operation Spitbreak, like, approved. And so this, like, implies that he submitted, like, false information, like, false plans that that were approved. Mm. So I also, I don't know if you guys noticed, but when it cut back to the gazebo, it's actually snowing outside instead of raining. Yes, I did notice that because snow is death in Japan. Exactly. I, I thought it was a nice, subtle thing. So. I, I like it, too. I didn't I, even notice. I actually only noticed it when I watched it right before doing this podcast, and I have watched this episode probably a hundred times. It's definitely the one I've seen second most, the next one being the one I've seen the most. I've never seen that. It is very subtle, like uh, Tyler said. Anyway, Lacus immediately goes to comfort Kira, who's because just she's in like, shock. well, something's wrong with them. He's like, yeah, my eyes were freaking out, man. Well, his friends are there. Oh, oh yeah. there's Millie. We see her briefly as Kira thinks of all the people who might get murdered. All smiling except Flay, who has no <laughs> smile under her. And then Kira suffers a heart attack. And then Lacus's face budget runs out. <laughs> and then we get the act break. Hey there! It's been a while. Or maybe it hasn't. I guess it really depends on how you're listening to it. But it's been roughly a metric butt month since I've put out a new episode. So for those of you who are listening in the annals of the past, that's probably not going to affect you. Anywho, this is a really good episode, guys. I remember being really excited about the show back when we first started watching it. And then going back through again, I've been... Maybe less excited, I've already seen the entire thing, and also I kind of know now where it ends up, which makes me a little bit less enthused overall for the whole thing, but this episode specifically got me excited about this series again, and I think that says a lot about the quality of this episode. It's also, as Jeremy points out several times during this episode, one of his favorites, and we're going to get to his favorite part of this, one of his favorite episodes, in about 10-ish minutes, and it's a pretty good one. It's pretty good. Even Zach agrees on that one. So probably take it from us that if you're going to recommend an episode or two of Gundam Seed with absolutely no context to someone, actually probably not these. Never mind. M maybe just the one where Waldfeld squirts yogurt sauce on stuff, because that one's campy. I like it. Anywho, in the intervening time between the last episode and this one... Hey, we got a new email from Chris. Hey, thanks, Chris. Thanks for contacting us. And at this point, I'm actually going to take your advice, Chris, and plug the show a little bit. So I went and checked iTunes for the first time in ever. Well, that's not actually entirely true. I went and checked it back when we first launched the show when we were doing the free giveaway contest. But we've actually gotten, like, a number of reviews from people. So, hey, if you're still listening to the show, thank you very much. We appreciate that. You can help us out by leaving a review on any of your podcast aggregator things of choice. iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean. I don't know that we're actually on Stitcher, but I'll rectify that soon. 
you know, a good review helps get word of the show out because any of those aggregators will promote a more highly rated show more heavily, turn it up in the search results more readily. Uh, then you can talk about the show with more people. You might find random strangers who listen to it. Or if you leave us a bad review, and you know, that gives us something to work on to make the show more your thing. So, either way, do that stuff, or tweet at us at LTOV Gundam. It's a kind of unused Twitter account, but hey, I kind of use mine. I'm at LTOVG Tyler currently. There will be links in the show notes and contact page. Those those stay up to date. I have, I have a thing that automates that. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Anywho, I'm going to let you get back to the episode and finish off that good, good Kira becoming a man symbolism arc thing. So after the eye catch, we see a bunch of Zaf submarines getting ready to launch. Even the commanders are... Oh, no. This is not the same place. This these are Alaska. These are Earth Federation yeah. ships. We see a bunch of Earth Federation submarines. And Natarl's like, are they all going to Panama? <laughs> and she's like, hey, where are you guys going? And Moo's like, oh, me and Flay are getting on the same boat to head over to Panama. And Natarl's like, oh, I guess I'll be alone and sad. That's Which okay. is like the most emotion we've ever seen her show. Other than that time she gave a chocolate bar to a soldier. And that one time she got drunk. <laughs> <laughs> so now we have Kira doing the thing where he stares at the rain to simulate him crying. And we cut to, like, Natarl trying to salute Moo, who, like, gives her a hearty handshake, his hat back at the jaunty angle. It's actually too jaunty now. He, d- he didn't get back to the optimally jaunty angle. <laughs> I, I, I just, I love how his hat, only when he's specifically being serious in different places, and Natarl is, like, so confused like, by a handshake. Contact. What is this? Yeah, she, well, she's like stunned that she got a handshake. So. Yeah, like she she stands there for a minute after Moo walks away and then like looks at her hand like, huh, that's what that does. <laughs> anyway, we see some Alliance officers who are like, how is the evacuation going? And they're like, oh, that's fine. They'll never reach our deepest stronghold before like we get everybody out. And then Moo's like, here, here's your passport, Flay. I forgot a thing in the oven. I gotta go. <laughs> Like, he just turns around and walks off. Yeah, and it's poor pretty Flay. great. Yeah, like, this is really a dick. Like, what was he even planning here? I don't know. This and is Moo. I don't think he was planning anything. He j- he's basically just going MIA. MIA to be fair, the next time we see him, he'll be talking about Rattler Crusade. So I think his Crusade sense went off. Ah. Uh, but, like, a lot of this episode <laughs> breaks down. Like, the parts that break down are here for me. This kind of part of the plot technically speaking he'd be a wall yeah that's what i i was actually going to correct myself as soon as jeremy stopped talking but then we get the alaska chart my favorite thing even though no one's there to see it that it just says alaska chart in the top left <laughs> chart <laughs> that's amazing is alaska here yes but there are arrows coming at it why is no one in the ops room like this that's would explained ne- yeah that that is you're supposed to notice that okay that's supposed to be unusual and there's a red alert as soon as the arrows cross this little red circle Moose hat goes flying off as he Moose has lost mid, his hat mid stride. Well, that means he's in bad battle mode. You notice he doesn't put it on the rest of the episode. And there's Mary again, being like shocking back to the red alert. And the sky is darkened with many transport planes. As engines, engines start descending down. Raoul Rakuse mm. has a custom white din. Yeah, it's actually pretty sweet. I like yeah, it, but no rums, just gins. It's never really uh, emphasized the same way as with Char, but. Rao does get most of the Zaf mobile suits in his white colors. And they start attacking the base. And 
one thing I really like in Gundam is when they do combined arms stuff. Usually that's like tanks and mobile suits, like in the 8th MS team. But here we see submarines, we see goons launching in the water, we see Bakus on land, we see Dins and Jins coming from the sky. I forgot what the name of the quadrupedal units were. Bakus. Yep. It's a really cool, like, force that looks overwhelming. Then you got the duel. The duel. Like the only <clears throat> cool looking mobile suit. I guess is that at the full assault shroud yet? Or yeah. okay, it, it looks it. it looks different in uh, Gundam versus. It's the cannon's bigger, and the mobile suit itself is a bit bulkier than what they're usually shown as. But anyway, Sutherland, the dick that Court Marshal Maru is like, everyone at- counter attack now. And Cuzzy is like, what? How- without the commander Akira, what we do without them? To be fair, he's got a point. Yeah. On the other hand, the Archangel is very heavily armed. Like Yes, but we saw what kind of damage four mobile suits could do against it. Yeah, I'm just thinking if they have, like, you know, fighter ships of some sort. Like, they're at a military base. There are other ships somewhere, I assume. So anyway, the Earth starts to shake down in the sub-base, and Flay decides to go AWOL as well as she runs off. Which, I don't know if she's, like, going for Moo, or if she's trying to take advantage of the confusion to get back on the Archangel. I think she's just trying to go back to a familiar location. Moo, or the Archangel, or both. Preferably bold. And it is a little more consistent with her character. We've seen she will, like, launch plans on her own. So anyway, Moo is like, hey, what the hell's going on? Nobody's here. Like Tyler pointed out later, nobody in the operation room. Isaac screams. I wonder if that's what the shady Earth Federation commanders were talking about. I'm just going to say they uh, start sailing from Zeta Gundam here, and it's good. Rao gets some lines about actors. All the world's a stage. I like Shakespeare. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Maru points out that uh, they're kind of being thrown in a, into a suicide defense by pointing out how it's cruel, but honestly, it's more about there's no way they can win this. But they, like, can't just let headquarters get destroyed. So Lacus walks into Kira's moping room, entirely of glass. <laughs> the, the rain has stopped. And the tears are, uh, you know, just They're all real now. up in his eyes. Uh, because he doesn't have any metaphor tears from the sky anymore. Damn you! <laughs> uh, and there's what I was talking about. They suddenly got a face budget again, because they do a lot of emoting for both Kira and Glacus. More Kira, but she gets to react as well, and he's basically come to the decision. He's like, yeah, I'm going. And she's like, um, where exactly? And their conversation is cut in with the uh, overwhelming attack, and again, you just see lots of gins, lots of bakus. That's reused. I, I believe that. that. That one gin getting his leg blown off. Yeah, that's, you, I think that was from the first episode. Even some Zoots. I Remember think there's those? a bunch of the random destruction getting reused there. It wouldn't surprise me, since they need a lot of it. And he just points out he can't stay there and watch anymore. Like, he's done with vacation. So and Lacus is depressed. I like this being intercut with the attack on Alaska, because there's no way in hell he should be able to get there in time. Unless this colony is a lot closer to Earth than I think it is. Well, that's, Reasons. That's definitely true. But also, I just like it, like, him, like firming up and like coming to his decision and stopping being wishy-washy and emo is cut in with all this, you know, action. All these decisive things going on. And explosions. And, uh, Relicrucy doing the first of many, many Death Star trench runs we'll have. <laughs> he Why flies is that into a there? Waterfall. Um, it's the Batcave. I presume... what this is built on top of. I presume it's fighter launch. <laughs> that'd be, uh, no, that'd be terrible. That'd be stupid. It's through a waterfall. <laughs> You'd never see it coming. Yeah, because as soon as the fighter's trying to launch, it runs into the waterfall and blows up. Well, maybe they normally turn off the waterfall when they're launching. That's still stupid. So Lacus is kind of like, what are you going to do on your own? But he gets the, if I don't do anything because I don't think I can make a difference, I'll do even less than nothing. 
which is, you know, a good attitude to have. You should vote. It's the do, <laughs> it's, it's, I got to do something or else I won't be able to sleep at night. Yes, exactly. This is, like I said, I so sympathize with Kira in this moment. It's, it's very much the, uh, I, you make the decision, the hard decision, even because that's the one that'll let you sleep at night. It's not because I think I'm going to win this on my own. It's if I sit here, I'm going to regret all the people who I might have been able to save. And she's like, hey, so you're going to fight Zaft again? And he shakes his head. So she's like, All right, well, you're going to join up and fight the Earth Forces? And again, he shakes his head. And I guess he's come to a decision. He's kind of vague about it here. But I do like this as development. Like, we've been talking the entire time about how we've seen both the side of Zaft and the side of the Earth Forces. And I think Kira gets that now. Yeah, but now he's actually, like, stayed in, like, a cool, peaceful manner in Zaft territory. And hanging out with their cool pop idol and former president. <laughs> I'm curious what exactly he thinks he's going to be attacking. I attack the evil. <laughs> he attacks the darkness. Roll your D20. He, he shoots magic missile at the darkness, obviously. And then we get Lacus's really good reaction surprise face again. Uh, but then, like, she kind of mans up as well in kind of the same way. Okay. Has this, she's, like, she's like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, she's like, my dad gave me secret keys. I thought it was for me to run away and be a rebel, but I guess you're going to do that now. So have fun. So we see Rao disembark, and here's the Tarkai I was talking about. Mu is like, this feeling, Rao Crusade? My Rao senses are tingling. I'll, then uh, we get back up to the top, and some guy has a Zaft uniform on a serving tray? It's Ilakis's butler. She's like, I, he's like, I got this sweet military uniform. I don't know, maybe it was Athens or something, or maybe we have it for a secret plot. I just, yeah, I, I love how it's on a serving size. tray. It's just on that serving tray. It's because like, she's really? rich. Yeah. <laughs> you can put everything on a serving tray when you're rich, Zach. Oh, okay. And she tells him to say, hey, tell, inform that Lacus Klein will be singing the Song of Peace. Which is her new hit single on the album Let Loose the Dogs of War. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, we cut to Rao the Crusade, the only guy in the command room. And one of the priests is, I'm not sure what Rao is trying to accomplish here. He's activating the Cyclops system, obviously. But Mu, with a gun, is sneaking up on him. And I like this because we haven't got a lot of gunplay stuff in Gundam Seed. We'll get a little bit more as it goes on. But this, I think, is like the first like personal level encounter we've had. Other than, you know, Walt, Felton, Kira. But that yeah, wasn't was really say, a fight. That was a discussion. You know, just a gun discussion. So Rao takes some pot shots at Mu and then runs away and is like, you'll never catch me this time, Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Like, it's very similar. Yeah, he even taunts him. He's like, ah, oh, what are you still doing here? I guess you must have really fallen, Hawk of Endymion. And Mu's like, you know I hate it when you call me that name. Although the way they're drawn in this light, it's really obvious they have slightly different hair color. So maybe my... I mean, you can have a clone with slightly... Maybe he just has highlights. Maybe he has the dominant huh. genes. It actually is Cyclops. Yeah, the Cyclops. It's, it's called Cyclops in the dub. Yeah, that's because it's Cyclops. That's the LR thing in Japanese. Yeah. So they don't tell us what exactly the Cyclops is. It just is. There is a Cyclops system. I assume it's like it a massive missile attack or if something. If you've read the expanded universe fiction that's had been out at this point, you might know what it was, but like you're not expecting to. And then apparently there are two uh, guards who are like the last two guards <laughs> left in the area yelling about a Zaft soldier so, near Flay. And she like kind of hides. Rao <laughs> shoots a guy who like just like does teleported a tumble thing into her legs, tripping her. Well, like it's the guy, very awkward. That oh, guy wasn't there a second ago. He just like appeared for the sake of being shot. I didn't realize he tripped her. I thought she got scared and then stumbled over I him. I think it's kind of a little bit of both because he, she was fine. But when like we cut to above, he is where she was. So I think he like fell into her legs. But she goes for his gun and points it at Rao, and he's like, "My." How interesting. Like, does he recognize he gets, her as... 
Okay, so I just want to talk about this scene. Like, I try not to do any spoilers on this show. This goes nowhere, and it very much frustrates me. Like, yeah. Does he just see a cute girl want to kidnap her? I'm I, confused. I, it does go somewhere from uh, Rao's point of view. I think he knows who she is, and that's why he's taking her. That would make a lot of sense to use her as political leverage. What I'm talking about is she's like, Father, why do you have my dad's voice? I can't really tell Japanese voice actors. They don't sound the same to me, though. And they even flash back to some dialogue of her and father. And it doesn't sound the same to Their me. Their English voice actors don't sound alike at all. Yeah, that really confused me when I watched it. And this never comes up again. So what I got out of this... And they clearly don't look alike. ...is rather than hearing her father's voice, seeing this guy made her think that she should take revenge for her father. But she literally says, father's voice, why do you have my daddy's voice? No, she she never says that. She just says, I hear my father's voice. Okay, I can actually see that better. I'm going to say that also this is a mulligan on the writing staff's part. They had different plans for Flay originally and i don't really mind where she goes like this scene is always comes off as very awkward to me. do they actually i think they might actually have her say that in the uh, in the original cut i but, think this has changed but the dub might say my father's voice i well, think that's where i'm getting it well no i mean every I, subtitle version i've seen has just said father's well, voice well no i mean i think the i think the hd version might might have changed that it's possible. i think that scene might be altered but i'd have to go back and actually watch the original version anyway like have on me it's just very frustrating to me that that doesn't really go anywhere anyway but now rao has one flay added to his inventory plus one flay yeah even just does like the zelda pose and everything da, 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 da. so then we cut to uh lacus now in her high neck dress her fancy concert dress and kira in a nice limo that's being driven through him kira of course in the zaf uniform and she's showing him like how to do the zaf salute and how to Passes a Zap soldier, basically. For, you know, the five minutes and while, might be in a hallway. While they're doing that, we cut back to the uh, Archangel in combat. And Maru's like, fire all the shit! Well, yeah. Hey, their gunners got better. They took down one of the that, din. That's reused footage from the last time they took down a din. <laughs> Honestly, though, so I would not... Got the same one. I would kind of expect the Archangel to do better than the other ships here. In part because they're more heavily armed and because they've been on the run in combat, their gunners are used to this. Well, that is what we will see. They actually get kills and do all right. Uh, meanwhile, we see a big door that says restricted area and we get that nice space thing of Lacus and Kira floating by some soldiers in a hallway, saluting them like she just showed Kira how to do. Why is Lacus allowed in? That because never made the, sense. She's the ex-president's daughter. That doesn't give you security clearance. Uh, being a pop idol does, though. That's actually a thing in Since Japan. Since freaking when? Uh, I was hoping you would like ask more about pop idols having security clearance in Japan. But <laughs> well, I mean, I know it was originally started in Macross. This... We all know my feelings on Macross. This requires some head cannoning, but not a whole lot. I assume it's just like they had people in place, as we'll see as they approach a door. She just gives a nod to two guys, and they open the door for her. Okay, that, and I that think makes it's a most of the soldier sense. be like probably thinking that as well, but like thinking, well, she couldn't have gotten in here if she wasn't supposed to be here. So and she uh, and she's got a red with her, so clearly she's supposed to be here. Yeah. So anyway, they slide some key cards, open a locked door, and Lacus leads Kira into a dark room. Where the lights come on, and it's the Freedom Gundam, and I just came. <laughs> <laughs> I really didn't need to know that last part. I, like I said, I watched the episode a lot. <laughs> uh, I love this bit so much. Like the lights coming on sound effect, and then uh, a song starts playing. That's actually called Fly Freedom, which is one of my favorite songs on the Gundam Seed like discography. I just really like like the moment feels very epic. 
I love Flay's confusion when he calls it a Gundam because Relaxes. he's the only. Or, who did I say? Flay. Sorry. <laughs> Lacus's confusion when he calls it a Gundam because he's the only one that refers to them as Gundams. Because he's the only one who gets to see the operating screen very frequently. I love her reaction too. Like she like looks confused for a second and then smiles and she's like, uh, "No, this is the XM10A Freedom." But I like Gundam. It sounds strong. And then she has like the like first date smile, hey. <laughs> or like the or like the look at my cool thing, and so then we just get some like uh, exposition about yeah, Patrick Zala built this with all the stuff we learned from the Gundams we stole. Turns out we can make it better and faster. That's kind of like an established thing they can do though. So yeah, but this is a prototype that they built in less than three weeks. They're coordinators. It's fine. Okay, whatever. <laughs> They had all the machinery laying around for all their old other mobile suit production. So then Kira starts asking the basic questions, why? And she's like, well, you said you were going to fight everybody, so I figured you needed some sort of weapon. <laughs> Here you go. It's the good one. And then she gives uh, Kira his uh, motto that he's going to... This is how he's going <laughs> to sign everybody's yearbook. Neither will on. alone nor strength alone. I mean, I kind of like that as an idea. I Don't do, too. I, I really like it. I'm just poking fun at it. This is, like, my biggest problem with Super Robot Wars V is they translate this line as, Neither raw power nor strength of mind shall be sufficient. V says that? Yeah. When? It's one of his, like, lines in combat when he just... Oh, sorry. I. But, like, I had to stare at it for, like, five minutes before I realized, Oh, that's what that... Is. Why you do this to my line? I was probably not paying attention. Anyway, but we cut to uh, Rao taking off with Flay. Yeah, Rao's kidnapping. As she's giving this speech, and she's like, yeah, that's why I'm giving it to you. Because, like, I think you have the right, your heart's in the right place, and you need a gun. Then we get more stock footage of combat. And Wait, the, was that a flying, was that a gin on a, what are they called ghoul? again? Ghoul. Yeah, yeah. They need them, so. Okay. The flying atmosphere. Uh, then we get Wackus kind of being Socratic and being like, will this take me where you need to go? Will it help you when you get there? And Kira's like, yeah, probably. What caliber are those machine guns? <laughs> He repeats the line because he's taking it to heart. And then, like, the Fly Freedom song is still playing and it's getting to a crescendo. And we see Moo, like, frantically running, trying to, like, the, fix things. The animation on his run is in, like, keyframes. So it's not quite as smooth as most of the animation is in this series. But I kind of like it because to me, it, like, gives a, like, strong edge to it and it makes it tense. And then, so Kira asks the only reasonable thing who are you <laughs> at this point? Which I love I'm as God. <laughs> I love as a question because it's like supposed to be kind of the audience's question as well, kind of like how oh, do you have access to this? I yeah. mean, the question I have already asked: How can you do this? Well, yeah. clearly, her father has a lot of loyalists still, and he pulled some strings, and she's pulling his father's. Well, her, her th father's that is strings. basically that's a little bit in the background, but like that is the official answer to all this. I mean, it seems obvious to me. But this is also the moment where if you thought Lacus was kind of a ditz, this is the <laughs> one where she, like, proves that that's not the case. And, you know, she has the best answer, which is just, I'm Lacus Klein, and you're Kiriyamato. So my question is, why is she doing this? Uh, she had a crush on that boy. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so we're just going to throw a multi-million dollar machine at him and see what happens. Uh, like Million? That thing's got to be in the billions, man. Uh, inflation actually went down after the... <laughs> Not with what that thing's Sorry. packing. Well, it was probably built by the lowest builders. <laughs> Bitters. Not that thing. That's that's, that's a prototype. True. It's true. We get more tanks being destroyed. Poor tanks. What did they do? Besides fail to do anything. Tankity, 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 tankity. See, that's why they need some demolisher twos. Those things are terrifying for everybody. And when we cut back, Lacus has floated up to the top to, like, help Kira in. 
which is a shot I really like. I actually prefer the cockpit on the Freedom because it could conceivably carry an ejection seat, although I could do without the weird, like, mechanical raising and lowering of the seat. And Akira is like, hey, are you going to be all right? You did just steal a giant Gundam for me. And she's like, no, it's fine. I'm going to go sing the song of peace. Everyone loves that song. It's bitchin'. I always kind of assumed that was like the code word for this operation. Yeah, I kind of figured it's like a euphemism for something else she's going to go do. Mass murder. <laughs> Look, there's this very good gift that's just Lacus Klein warmonger. <laughs> I also like the one where it's just Lacus Klein crime boss. <laughs> that's also a good one. And he, he's like, take care of yourself. And she's like, you too, go with all of my strength. And then she gives him a kiss on the cheek. To give him a boner, and there's no divine boner strength. Uh, so <laughs> There's some very good blush on both of them here, and it is enhanced for the HD version. It's in the original, but it looks so good here. And they're both in soft focus, and they're doing that, the you hang up, no, you hang up, you <laughs> hang up, no, you hang up. While they stare into each other's eyes before Lack is like, no, seriously, all your friends are going to die. <laughs> <laughs> And then we get a new acronym. It, this is a different one than the one we got yes, last time. Yes, it is. It Generation is. Unsubdued Nuclear Drive Assault Module Complex. It's even more awkward. You know what's actually weird about this is like... The fuck does Generation Upsum Unsubdued mean? Um, I was actually going to comment on that because most nuclear reactors, we actually have to tamp down the reaction all the time so we don't get a runaway reaction. That's what the nuclear meltdown is. This thing runs on nuclear meltdowns. <laughs> like, this is actually a plot point. That because it runs on nuclear meltdowns? No, no, because before we've seen, they can't use nuclear power for anything. Oh, yeah, this one the... is a anti-jammer fuel. And, and jammer canceller. Yeah. Which is like a very quick line that if you're not like, you know, doing a podcast about this show, you can forget what an end jammer is. I or... caught that immediately. Well, so did I, but like, it seems to me... I forgot what end jammers did. <laughs> I didn't. But that's because I was also like steamrolling the series does this thing have a nukes on it then no it has the it has a nuclear generator okay. it doesn't have nukes it's basically a uh mech it's a battle mech yeah but it's got four times the power of the strike because it can you know use nuclear power to power the weapons we don't see it here but basically it doesn't have to worry about the battery life that yeah because a nuclear did. reactor is just going to constantly generate energy oh wait, no it, it, it's not a battle mech it's actually less power than that it's like a mobile suit from the original series Yep. Yeah, because it's a presumably a fission reaction. I, I don't know the details. But anyway, there's a super cute shot of Lacus waving goodbye and Kira zooms in on his camera. <laughs> yeah, that's adorable. <laughs> that is awesome. Like, it's just one of those little things. And then you got a bunch of people who clearly aren't in on the plan who are very confused that the freedom is leaving. Like, what? What's happening? Why are the doors opening? They tell him to stop and he steps on the gas, which is and awesome. And the music shifts to uh, Strong and Strike, which is another great song. There are a hell of a lot of doors, by the way. Well, yeah, because it looks awesome. It's, it's basically a nuclear missile launching, but it's a nuclear missile that can shoot you with its guns. <laughs> Yeah, it, I just I just can't help but think about it. It's like that is a lot like of a Saints Row thing. That is a lot of doors. What happens if one of those doors doesn't open by the time the strike arrives? It's kind of the same thing as the uh, Evangelion when they have all the different doors oh, and yeah? they just smash through one of them. So it does this cool barrel roll move, deploys its wings. It has wings, by the way. They're great. What do they do? Wings. But uh, why? So this is actually one of the reasons I like the Freedom so much. The guy who created Gundam really wanted to justify everything, including these bipedal robots there's no justification for. One of the ways he justified them was like, in space, you can use momentum to turn around without having to use fuel. Yeah. So if you have limbs, you can actually use them to maneuver very effectively without consuming fuel. Yeah, and I would maybe say bipedal is not the best shape for that, but that's a reasonable argument, actually. The Freedom has these articulated wings that can move 
all these angles, oh. and we do see it do that with them. And then you can turn around without, oh, that's actually a good idea. Which is one of the reasons why the strike freedom is garbage. Yes, it is. Because <laughs> it has no wings. Oh, it has no, wings, it has but it wings. doesn't, you fucking use them. <laughs> Ugh, it's infuriating. It turns that, them that, into funnels. That, that is 100% the reason I don't like the strike freedom. <laughs> but I love the freedom but so much. But it also much. has way too many fucking guns. And I, when I say something has too many guns... <laughs> I don't think it has too many guns. <laughs> when I say something has too many guns, it has too many fucking guns. <laughs> it has one too few guns. <laughs> so anyway, he, Kira's just like, let me, just let me go. And then we see the two guys who will be saying things are fast for the rest of the series <laughs> as they try to shoot him but can't get by him. Also, another reason I like the uh, strike... The hip holsters? Yes, I like the... It has hip holsters for the beam sabers, which make it look like it's drawing a sword. And it makes sense to have over-the-shoulder ones on a beam saber that doesn't have the length problem of you needing to pull it out. But the ones on the hips look really cool, and it doesn't makes it Doesn't it look have four of them as well? Beam sabers? Oh, yeah. Just do this it, is like. a great still, too. I I've never seen it before. This. I just paused it at a good time. As it like goes to slash, it slowly zooms in on the face, and we end like a full close-up of the mechanical it's eye. It's only like a frame or two, but Jeremy happened to stop the show right on the shot. Yeah, that's great. And there's like a lot human. of detail there, too. Anyway, it uh, destroys these things. And by <laughs> destroys, I mean de-limbs and de-heads them. It- Kira does not kill them. And now because we're at that point in the series where Kira's trying not to kill anybody, it no longer causes immediate destruction of whatever he hits. <laughs> and these two guys are like, man, he was fast. <laughs> the and, fuck was that? And the episode ends with Atherin's shuttle from Earth coming by and the strike, or freedom, I need to start saying the freedom, it's my favorite mobile suit, I need to get it right. The freedom um, and the shuttle pass each other and we see Atherin kind of looking out the window like, huh? And Kira just having a determined look on his face. Having... I really, really love that shot. It's a great look. Well, especially going since right Atherin sees it and Kira does not. Yeah, Kira doesn't know that Atherin's there. But like the metaphor of them passing each other is really good. It's Two not ships the first in the time, night. It's not the first time they've used it either. So I but like it's it my the... favorite time. No, yeah, I just like great. that they repeat it. When and... did they do it the before? Um, early on in the series. And I think when they were in Orb as well. But anyway, that they're like going to where they, each other just were. Is also great. And then the episode's over, and Jeremy's hyped for the next one because it's his favorite. But the I next really episode like... is really good. It's my favorite as well. But the entire sequence where Kira gets the freedom is my favorite Gundam change. This is one of those episodes where more often than not, especially if you were watching this every other episode, you know, every week, you would really wish that they just did an hour long special here. And yeah, it no, makes me really glad that great. these episodes, these two episodes are on the same disc. They go together really well. Like I said, this one is all about building up to the tension release and the next one. It's real good. I like the freedom a lot. We get to see it here. It's, it is my favorite robot in fiction. Not my favorite mobile suit. Not my favorite gun. I prefer the Highlander, but that's me. I don't know what that it's is. It's from Battletech. I HGN732B Highlander. I'm going to have to look it up now, but continue. I mean, that's kind of all to say about this one other than high points and low points and stuff like i said it always gets me hyped those two music pieces it plays at the end are legit two of my favorite we do lose something watching this uh as we do which is muted so people don't have random things being picked up by our mics because we don't get the music well because jeremy's right that music is really i might cut fly freedom in over us talking about the freedom watching I've considered it since before we recorded the first episode of this podcast. <laughs> so, since this podcast was a twinkle in your eye. Yes. So yeah, that's the episode. Very excited for the next one, episode 35 of The Descending Sword. Uh, but before we get to that, we have rituals to do. So high points. Tyler, which one do you want to steal? Uh, you know, I was actually considering going for something facetious because I knew you were going to ask probably or ask me probably first. 
Um, like I was going to go with like Nataro being so surprised at the handshake. Um, that is pretty great. It's pretty great. I don't think it's actually my high point. Let's do the rounds while I consider because I've got like three or four I want to like really winnow down. All right, Zach, Ather and Kira passing each other. I mean, it's right at the end of the episode, but that is honestly good. one of my favorite moments in this entire series. My high point of the series actually comes in the next episode. Yeah, so it's good. It's good. I think mine, I, it feels weird since we just talked about it. It's the music that plays specifically over the unveiling of the freedom. Like that whole sequence, like I am Lacus Klein might be my favorite line in the series. But like that whole sequence is really good. Anytime something is unveiled in any fiction, I compare it to that. <laughs> I can't help myself. I don't know. I think the reveal of the Normandy 2 is probably the high point of Mass Effect 2. But like, I swear that Mass Effect 2 just was watching this episode because Shepard dying for no reason and coming back (laughs) and then the Normandy being unveiled. Just it feels exactly the same to me. Only why Shepard die? The Normandy 2, the reveal, if you've never actually watched that, Tyler, is actually really good. You know, I have only ever played Mass Effect 1. I I recommend you keep it that way. Mass Effect 1 is best in concept. Mass Effect 2 is best in character. Mass Effect 3 is best in gameplay. Mass, or sorry, Mass Effect 1 is best in story. Yeah, say Mass Effect 2 sounds like it might be worth playing then, too, as well. 2 as well, also. There does have some good character beats in it. Anyway, did you come up with something? I did. I actually think specifically the moment where Kira turns around and stops crying and decides on a purpose, because I've been in that exact position before, and man, it feels good. Yeah, Am I, I the only one who hasn't had those kind of moments? Yeah. All be, right. Be more bipolar, Zach. <laughs> I'm very even keeled, <laughs> except when I'm angry. So do you have a low point then, Tyler? Actually, yeah, the random horrors, uh, they, they like keep interjecting, and while it's kind of amusing, it's actually really distracting. I kind of like them, but honestly, I do prefer them in Double Lot, because they are funnier in Double Lot. Like I said, it's like kind of amusing, but mostly it's just distracting from like this dramatic tension they're trying to build. Zach? Rao the Rando. <laughs> Like, it, he doesn't really have a straight-up purpose. Like, he just kind of goes in and is like, Yay, I'm running around, and I'm expositing, and I'm done. I assume he was I, doing I'm taking this play. I think a, a reason you don't really notice it, especially here, but a reason that it bothers me so much, is from this point on, Rao is enacting a plan. And we have, like, seen him start to take steps that make sense in the larger context, but what he does here doesn't fit into that plan, and I'm not really sure what it was. A power trip, maybe? Yeah, like, I he know... seems like the kind of guy who wants a power trip. I know trip. what the plan is, but this one just doesn't make any sense. It's... Like, it like we seen... saw him earlier, like, in, like, that disguise, and I understand how that plays into his plan. It I... more feels like the reason why Rao invades the headquarters is to exposit at Moo. And to kidnap Flay. He doesn't actually have a purpose there. He just has a writer's purpose Is there. he not doing something with the Cyclops system? Yeah, it seems like maybe that was a plan, but that's not really... Yeah, he doesn't have anything to do with that, basically. And okay. also, he knows what's going on, so he doesn't need to investigate it. Or maybe he was going to do something else and Moo interrupted him. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. I actually kind of wonder, like, he seems like the kind of guy who would just revel in the fact that he could be there and get away with it. Except he's not that stupid. Yeah, that's true. He's not that impulsive. And we saw him, like, talking to those guys about, okay, our job is to infiltrate Joshua, but we really don't know why. I think, like, if you're watching the series for the first time, because so much of what what Rao does does kind of fall into place, you might not notice this. But it really bothers me as someone who has spent a lot of time thinking about Raoul de Crusade. What's your low point, Jeremy? You took mine, so I, let me see. <laughs> the Gundamk. No, I like the Gundamk. <laughs> this episode isn't longer? No, not allowed to do that. <laughs> I am going to say that it is... I thought that by the time I was done with that sentence, I would have something. 
I really like this episode, guys. It's hard. I, actually, it's that, a good one. I, I I can come up with one for you because I actually have another one. It, sure. Hit uh, which is the randomly appearing guy who causes Flay to trip. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that guy does just kind of spawn out of nowhere. Like I, I guess going I can just be more specific and like the like connection they're trying to build between Flay's dad and Rao that goes nowhere. Yeah, that's really disappointing. Especially since like we are supposed to be guessing who Rao is clearly. Yeah, and like I was a little confused at first, and then I just assumed that she was getting killer instinct voice. So, but she's never had that before, and we've clearly seen her have a killer instinct. Yeah, and I'm wondering if like the high, like this is a higher stress situation even than previous times. True, she's so. never. Like, I just assume, I just assume she's starting to crack. It frankly. really just th- that whole affair just seems like writer's contrivance to me. Like there isn't any actual in-universe reason for any of it. It just is like, yeah, I need these characters well, like, to do this, so well, that's what they're gonna do now. I can see Flay being there, but like Jeremy mentioned, maybe it was a mulligan. Like they were going to do something else. No, no then... that is the case. They had a different no, plan. Yeah, for Flay, Flay was gonna yeah. do something else. There's something specific that comes the, up later. Yeah, there is a mobile suit designed for Flay that gets that by the writers designed for Flay, not in the universe designed for. It Flay. gets repurposed. That gets for, repurposed for something because else. because they had an initial purpose for her and that purpose got sidetracked and they decided against it but they wanted to use the mobile suit design anyway i kind of want flay in a mobile suit i don't think that would end well but <laughs> yeah i kind of wonder what if with that and like it was going to be a thing where they tried to like the earth alliance tried to say no it was never that coordinator it was her all along and she got like real uncomfortable with it and like that's an interesting arc for her that we don't get what they do with flay instead is fine i do wonder about that version so anyway, that about does it for this episode. Like I said, one of my favorites. It was pretty good. I like it. It combined with the next one, like definitely my favorite unit of this show. The next one has my favorite bit, which I think is the same as Zach's favorite bit. It's got real good Moose stuff. It's got good Kira's stuff. No Lackis, sadly. Yeah, I mean, I've been saying for a while that it just goes downhill, but really, it's this, this episode is a real high point of the series, and there's another couple of high points later, but... Honestly, my personal opinion, it really, really drops off a cliff. I disagree, obviously, but we will talk <laughs> more about that as we go. No points this episode, yet again. Okay. Um, how many minutes, I, I think I already did this one, but how how long on screen time is Toll's head connected to his body? No. <laughs> no, I, I don't. Oh, well, yeah, yes, you're, oh, you've ruined it. We're going to get Frank and Tall. Who <laughs> 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 pilots the Skygrasper Gundam. <laughs> And it's the true big bad. Uh, Raul Crusade takes off his mask, and he's actually tall from the future, <laughs> masquerading as Moo. Back for revenge. With a big jar of hair dye. Yeah, so I'm not entirely sure what it is. Man, I don't know, I've taken a lot of guesses. And I never did go back to listen to that old episode of Last Time to find out what it was. I don't even know what episode that was. No, so. me neither. I think you said it was like 93 or something. I'm like, man, that's forever ago. <laughs> All right, so that about does it for this episode. Join us next time for episode 33-35, The Descending Sword. My favorite. It's got a good name. Got good everything. It's got good Cuzzy being the worst. Yes! It's my favorite, too. Unfortunately, oh man, you know, it's really sad that I don't get to see Toll and Millie as a couple anymore. And It is. I really liked those moments. Well, we get fun other stuff that comes up. Diarca and Millie being a couple? Ish. (laughs) So, join us next time for The Fall of the Archangel. Bye. Cuzzy being the worst? Would they really? Ah, damn it. And 
this rate, it's obvious. I can't get through to them! All I get is the same message being repeated on all channels. It says all units hold your positions and return fire as the situation calls for. This has been a Last Podcast production, copyright 2019.